don't solve a problem doesn't need solving yet. If you're actually trying to solve everything before you even get started, you will never get started. Sometimes you just gotta jump in and deal with it as the problems come through. That's Tuche Balut, founder and CEO of StreetBees. StreetBees is a global intelligence platform that pays users to share snapshots of their daily lives, giving insight into consumer behavior. Based in the UK, StreetBees' mission is to make data analytics more human and capture opinions from across the world. On this episode of Think Like a Founder, we talk about wanting to be president of the United States, reinventing your role as a founder, and setting your own milestones. I'm Maureen Taylor. This is Think Like a Founder. You are mission-driven, and you are always driven by the idea that you could make a difference in the world. That's part of the itch that you have to continue to scratch. And you were inspired by your childhood and your country and some of the things that were going on. Is that right? I grew up in Istanbul, which has more than 15 million people in a single city. It's a very crowded city. And even in my primary school, there were 90 of us in a class. And you would be sitting three people in very small desks and you would hope that you would be the person on the right so that your right arm is actually outside so that you can actually properly write. And this is a very different environment where the whole education system was based on one or two people, one or two percent actually making it. When I came to the UK and actually learned about the entire education system here is making sure no one else is left behind. It was a surprise to me. What a big change in mentality of education. Whereas we grew up in an environment that either you're in the top 1% or you don't have a chance, basically. So the teachers are going to put all their efforts to the top 1% in the class. That's really a very competitive environment, as you can imagine. And as you grow up, that also shows you, though, that there's a lot of mobility. And that's something I find also quite interesting, again, comparing with the UK, Here, yes, there is a lot of focus on making sure no one is left behind in terms of coming to at least acceptable stage. But then there are a lot of barriers in front of mobility in terms of access to capital, access to really good education. So on the one hand, you know, you need to work extremely hard to be able to get to that top 1%. But you also do know that if you do, the world is your oyster. There are all those opportunities and you won't be blocked. So you do know that you can achieve amazing things as a result. When you think about what got you to start the company, just from when you were eight or nine years old, what did you like to do when you were a kid that gave you the hint you might be doing something like this? I always say to people that it was definitely not in my mind to become an entrepreneur. I think it's more common now, people coming out of university saying that, oh, I'm going to go start my business. When I graduated, that definitely wasn't a common thing. I would call myself more of an accidental entrepreneur because I was so unhappy with the way that the human intelligence was being done in the world. I felt the urge to do something about it. Interestingly, if you asked me when I was five, seven, I apparently always used to tell people that I'm going to become the president of the United States. Bear in (laughs) mind, I'm Turkish. How is that going to happen? You know, I was growing up in Turkey and when people ask me, when are you going to be when you grow up? That was my answer, apparently. 
I always felt very attracted to politics. And I think that comes from an urge of just making the world a better place. Uh-huh. And when you watch news as a small child, you know, when you are growing up in a developing country with a lot of issues and challenges to be solved, it's very hard to resist that urge that you want to come into a place where you can serve people and bring the country to a better place. So maybe you didn't know that you were going to be a founder, but it wasn't like you weren't ambitious or wanted to have an influence or felt that you had purpose, which is uh, pretty cool. There are so many ups and downs on the path towards founding a company. What's the biggest challenge you faced in getting your company started? I think the biggest challenge is as the company scales, the role of the CEO changes significantly. So when you first start as a founder CEO, your job is everything from selling to pitching, raising, building the team and lifting up the boxes and finding an office. And that job changes very quickly as the company starts growing. And a couple of years in, you start having managers and give them space to be able to do what they do best. And I was actually discussing this with the board only a couple of months ago. Now we are a 165 people company. My role changed a lot again in the last couple of weeks as you hire a chief revenue officer who are even building the right go-to-market strategy for you. And you don't have to be involved in every single decision, every single strategic decision even anymore. And I think that's a really interesting learning curve that for a founder CEO, you have to accept that every year what the business needs from you is going to change. Talking about the changing roles, the overarching doing everything to becoming more focused, explain that a little bit more because I know people fight that even in large companies when you're kind of used to it. How do you learn to delegate or to trust people? Because that's one thing that seems to be difficult for some founders. And it's not that they're untrusting, it's just it's their baby. So how did you make that transition? Those two questions are quite related because it comes down to your purpose. Mm -hmm. If you are running a company because you always wanted to run a company or if you wanted to be a billionaire, then the way you manage might be quite different. We had a very strong mission. We wanted to make human intelligence available anywhere in the world. And the shortest route to that for me is the most desired route. If that means I get to hire amazing people who actually help us achieve that dream faster, it's a no-brainer to step out of it and let them be and let them do their job. What I observe is in some cases is that as the company grows, if you actually came from you know, a non-business background, let's say you were a technological founder, and it might be hard for you to see. And I've seen this before in sometimes observing, you know, some friends going through those stages and a founder might all of a sudden find themselves that, okay, what business needs from me right now is not something I actually have to give. So I'm going to stick to what I already have been giving, which used to be very much appreciated, but actually the business don't need them anymore from you. They have specialists who do it better, most likely. Now you're going to have to up your game and mm-hmm. go into a different role. And if you don't want to do that different role, it creates a clash because you want to stick to the stuff that you used to do because you are good at it. It's a safe place. 
when I observe clash situations where someone is really struggling to delegate or move on into like a new definition of their role, it usually comes from a place of not actually quite knowing how to get to the next place to be able to deliver what the business needs from them. One of the mindsets that we have found that most founders have is that they always stay a student. So even though there's sense of purpose, mission, and focus, if you stay a student and you continuously learn, that is one of the things that you bump into, that there are things you just don't do very well that you need other people. And then how to figure out to get the right team together to help grow that supports the mission. Absolutely. It's a very good summary. And I think that's learning part is a very, very important one for a founder. I spent the last couple of months reading lots of books and speaking to CMOs of different successful organizations because I really need to understand the dynamics of marketing much better. We are a much bigger company now. The rules of demand generation are changing. How do you build a brand, right? And when you're a younger company, that wasn't really top of mind. You were in a survival mode. And sales was top of mind. All of a sudden, the focus shifted from sales to marketing. And you start again and learn again. And I think that's actually what takes a lot of the energy for a founder. As your role changes, you need Mm -hmm. to kind of reinvent yourself with the new skills and new capabilities you need. Also, I understand that listening is very important to you, which ties into being a student to always be open to what's going on around you and other people's opinions. Absolutely. And I think that is such an important skill for a leader, whether that's in business or in any other area, is you continue to lead a company. What you realize is that at any given point, people are going to know on a specific topic a lot more than you do. And there's actually a really good saying from Mevlana that when you are talking, one thing that is not happening is you are not learning anything new. I already know everything I know when I'm talking doesn't contribute to my knowledge. So it is in your advantage actually to keep quiet and hear as much Mm -hmm. as possible. And that helps you with decision-making And that doesn't mean in terms of listening to people, it's just listening Mm -hmm. and accumulating the information, what you need. You still, of course, make your own decision at the end of it. And it may be a decision that actually no one else agreed with, but at least you have all the facts. You have Mm -hmm. all the information you needed to be able to make that decision. What advice would you give to somebody whose ear is just right there listening to you? If you have the itch, Just give it a go and don't think too much because there's just so many unknowns. Another thing I heard from someone before was that don't solve a problem doesn't need solving yet. If you're actually trying to solve everything before you even get started, you will never get started. Sometimes you just got to jump in and deal with it as the problems come through And you will just have the faith that you will be able to solve the problems. What I did was to give myself annual year-end milestones. And I always said that, okay, if the company achieves this by the end of the year, I'm going to continue. If it doesn't, though, I'm going to finish my experience here 
and I'm going to go get a job <laughs> because we have to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And that actually was a really healthy system during the year. Stop questioning, am I doing the right thing or what's my opportunity cost, etc. Just give your 100%, but do have some reality checks once yeah. in a while. For me, that was once a year just yeah. to make sure that I'm on the right track. Do you see a difference in your mind between a founder and an entrepreneur? I think there is a difference in the sense that, and maybe that actually comes back to your original question that why being an entrepreneur wasn't in my mind when I was a five-year-old child. It wasn't in our radar. We thought that the way to change the world was to become a politician and then you get a lot of say and you can make things happen. Increasingly now you can see actually you can have a much bigger impact as an entrepreneur. But being an entrepreneur is about finding a solution to something. And it doesn't have to come in the form of actually starting a company. A founder has to have the revenue and profit motive. So I think opposite. I think the entrepreneur is on the business side. There is a good idea and there Mm -hmm. is a way of building it to accomplish something. The founder, and you can be both too, but the founder is mission-driven and is compelled to crack their head against a brick wall in order to make the world a better place. And then a founder can learn to be an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur can be a founder, but there's two different driving factors. One mission-driven, the other one a sound business. It really comes down to how we put substance into those terms. And That's right. It's interesting that you see as that entrepreneur having actually a commercial motive. I always thought about being entrepreneurial is something that like you see things differently. You actually find another solution and that doesn't always have to make money, but you are actually seeing an opportunity to do something. But if you're going to be a founder, you're starting a company, then you have to take the responsibility of carrying Revenue growth, profitability, you have to make sure salaries are paid every month, which obviously transforms you beyond just being entrepreneurial. Sometimes during your life, you get advice from somebody in your family or someone, you know, out of the blue that just sticks with you as you go through. It just always bubbles up. What do you think of when I say that to you? I remember that in primary school, again, like very, very young, I was very frustrated because I didn't get exactly a particular role in a school play or something. And I remember my dad telling me at the time that, look, if there is anyone else who can do something, so can you. It may be that you will have to work harder for it, or they might naturally have more tendency for it, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. And even if no one else can do it, you can still give it a shot. And that actually, to me, was something super important that stuck with me for my entire life. Because what that really means is that when you look around and if, you know, other people are building successful companies, there is no reason why I can't do one. And even in cases where you feel like actually no one succeeded in what I'm trying to do right now, again, that doesn't mean you can't do it. There is no harm in giving it a shot. And if it doesn't work, fine. No one else achieved it before you either. But if you do actually succeed, that's great. You've done something that no one else was able to do before. That was Tuche Balut, founder and CEO of Street Bees. Street Bees offers insight into consumer behavior using real-time information from their 3.5 million users. 
Their platform makes it easier to access previously unreached markets across 189 countries. Join us next time on Think Like a Founder when I talk to Nora Herting, founding CEO of ImageThink. We talk about cave paintings, looking while leaping, and the art of problem solving. Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roisin Hunt, sound designed by Mark Green. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan and Jason Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena Persiani-Shell, Eli Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Ren Barra. <laughs>